Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ of St. Paul, located in Matamidi, Minnesota. We are a suburban congregation united in Christ and grounded in the values of diversity, solidarity, and witness. You can learn more about us by going to fccstpaul.org. Here is this week's sermon. Our text this morning comes from the sixth chapter of the Gospel of John, verses 51 through 58. You can follow along in your bulletin. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I give for the life of the world. Then the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them, just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father. So the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. This is the word of God for all the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Well, during the spring break of my senior year in college, I went with others in my college church group to the uptown neighborhood of Chicago. This is just north of downtown. At least back in the early 90s, the uptown area was a neighborhood that there was a lot of poverty there. And we were working with a Baptist church in that area that was involved with working with the poor. One day we were tasked with this exercise. We were given a small amount of money. I'm gonna say about $5 each. And we had to go and basically buy food with this money. Now, Even back then, in 1991, $5 wasn't a lot. So we went to the convenience store that was the closest store nearby, and what we came back with was pretty much a lot of junk food. Most of it was, of course, delicious. It is junk food. But none of the food was necessarily going to fill you up for a long time, let alone nourish your body. And it's interesting how often the poor have to make do with what they have in order to survive. The problem is is that when you don't have a whole lot of money, the food that you do eat isn't always going to nourish you in the long run. And food is so important for human life. 
How many of you have gone through a period where you haven't eaten? Maybe you've fasted. Maybe you've had to prepare for a test. Or maybe you were so ill that you didn't want to eat. How did that first meal taste? The times when that has happened to me, it has probably been the best meal I've ever had. It could be the most bland, horrible thing possible. But after a time of not eating, that food is glorious. Eating is important to us. We need it to survive. It is a basic need that we all need. And like I said before, I can remember those times that I was so sick and I couldn't eat. And when the worst of that illness passed, I looked forward to tasting that first bite of food. You don't realize what you're missing until you can't have it. So this week we are still in the sixth chapter of John. And Jesus is still talking about being the bread of life. And the people aren't really getting it. So Jesus decides to kick it up a notch and decides to kind of shock the crowd. He again says that he is the bread of life. But then he starts to say that people have to eat of his sarks, which is the word in Greek for flesh. And he adds then also that they need to drink his blood, which is kind of interesting because it sounds almost like some type of a zombie story here. But what Jesus is here is telling the people is that to live forever, they need to eat his flesh and drink his blood. They need to take him in. And of course, the people were repulsed. How can this man tell us to eat his flesh is what they're saying. And the thing is, if you think about it, and you should know, in the early church, it was not unusual for, Christ, for people to, outside of the church to think that Christians were cannibals because we were talking about eating flesh and drinking blood. Even today, when we talk about the words of institution, people still get weirded out by the phrase drinking the blood. The crowd wants bread from Jesus, but they actually want bread. And Jesus is trying to get them to think about the hunger that is going on, not just in their bellies, but also in their souls. C.S. Lewis has supposedly said that every human being has a void that is God-shaped. And the thing is, as humans, we try to fill it with everything but God. We fill it with things that we buy or devotion to a cause or a person. We might even fill it with an addiction. But the void, that hunger, can only be filled by Jesus. Which is why we have communion. And there has long been a battle about what communion is all about. And there are a lot of different theories about what happens in this moment of eating the bread and drinking 
um, the wine or the grape juice. Catholics believe in the belief of transubstantiation, where the blood, the bread and the wine become body and blood. Lutherans tend to believe in consubstantiation or real presence. Uh, and then other groups believe in what is called memorialism, where the bread and the wine are symbolic. I think that how we think about that is important, but I'm not here this morning to tell you which one of these is the correct one. What I am wanting you to know is that this act, especially as disciples, we do every Sunday matters. It is here that we have and, and taste the living bread of Jesus. Communion reminds us that we need Jesus. We need Jesus for life. But that is so easy to forget. But when we take the bread and drink, in this case, the grape juice, we remember Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, and we remember that we are forgiven. Now, the challenge to our modern culture is that we, have, we are tempted to see Jesus and the church as optional. So we try to fill the void with things that are far more interesting and, to be honest, not as icky as eating flesh and drinking blood. But in other parts of the world, places where it might be very difficult to express your faith, the people are beggars for bread, beggars for the bread of life. Jesus tells the crowd earlier in, in chapter 6 that they should not work or spend their lives working for food that doesn't last, but they should receive the living bread. And I have seen people who are so hungry for that bread that they are willing to risk everything for it. I remember a Sunday evening, nearly 23 years ago, in 1999. I was in rural, rural China on a trip sponsored by my seminary. There were a bunch of us there. And we had spent a number of days in southwestern China visiting small villages out in the mountains. And we would basically, whenever we would come, two things would happen. One is we would have a meal. Two, there would be a church service. And it was this time of meeting and coming was fascinating, but it was also a bit unnerving because everywhere we went during that time, when we went to visit these villages, government officials tagged along. They wanted to make sure that we weren't evangelizing, which according to, I believe, Chinese law of that time was illegal. Now, after a day of visiting villages, we were now heading back down the mountains to our hotel in the city. And so it was late at night, and this was a mountain road, so it was pitch black. And all of a sudden, 
the bus stops. And we find out that there are a number of villagers that are blocking the road. You see, what they had heard, we had visited a village nearby earlier in the day, and they had heard about this visit. And they were, fe- they were excited to worship with believers from afar, and they wanted to welcome us and join us, join them in worship. So we basically trudged up the mountain to their village and had another worship service around maybe like 10 o'clock in the evening. Looking back, I marvel at the chutzpah of the villagers because they were hungry for the bread of life. They loved Jesus so much that they, were, they wanted to worship with these strangers. And they wanted to worship with these strangers in the midst of living in an authoritarian society that could at any moment shut down their churches. They had tasted the bread of life and they wanted to stay at the dinner table. The question I want to leave with you this morning is this. Are we hungry for Jesus? Have we tasted the bread of life? And if we have, do we remember? Are we hungry for that bread and that wine, the body and blood that brings salvation? Are we hungry for the bread that will feed us forever? Pope Francis has likened the church to being a hospital for sinners, for you and me. And I would agree. But I also think that the church is also a soup kitchen. A place where hungry people can come and be filled with food that is everlasting. This is what the church is and must always be. And because we are fed, then that allows us to feed others, not just spiritually, but physically. But we have to start with knowing that I need to be fed and you need to be fed. Jesus calls us to eat his flesh, to take him in, to rely on him, to abide, so that so much that we can't live without Jesus. Jesus tells us, told the crowd then, tells us now that dinner is served. Thanks be to God. Amen. We hope today's sermon podcast was nourishment to your soul. If you'd like to know more about First Christian Church of St. Paul, please visit our website at fccstpaul.org. That's fccsaintpaul.org. May God be with you in the coming week.